1: Hi, this is Leland Sklar, and you are digging Pantheon Podcast. Yes! History in Five Songs with host Martin Popov, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out.
0: With Martin. All right. Martin Popoff here, back again for another episode of History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are part of a Pantheon podcast network that is vast and growing all the time. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. So, this is uh, an episode I promised uh, as a reprise or a flip side. Or a doppelganger to episode 84, which we called Best 5 Single Live. Um, So this is episode 86, and we're going to be calling this one Worst 5 Single Live. Now, it's not that these albums are bad or that they're the worst five single live albums you could ever find. um, But they are ones that have kind of a vague dissatisfaction to them for one reason or another. I mean, the first thing... That is, the big dissatisfaction always is, uh, you know, this is kind of a weird thing. We're looking at single live albums here, and this is in the golden era of the double live albums where there's all these great big double live albums that are considered amazing. Um, You know, we talked about some of the best ones in episode 84. You can go listen to that. Um, But um, so these already have that disadvantage of... um, of being single live albums so there's there's often um you know a dissatisfaction with that but yeah let's uh let's explain they all have kind of different dynamics to them um let's start with uh our number one selection here take a listen this is derringer with let me in Right, so the Derringer Live album is just called Derringer Live. And I also had this kind of cool thing, this uh promo called Live in Cleveland, which is quite similar. Um, but Derringer Live was a frustrating album. I mean, this band was frustrating in the first place because they made this this debut album called Derringer, which wasn't that great. And then they made this absolute masterpiece, a classic album called Sweet Evil, nineteen seventy seven, produced by Jack Douglas. And then they the band more or less had um you know, a, a significant lineup change, uh, shall we say, and put out, uh, If I Weren't So Romantic I'd Shoot You, which I just love to death as well, but it's, uh, it's, sounds like a whole different band from, uh, from Sweet Evil. It's a little more kind of humorous, shorter songs, uh, yeah, a little, little less serious, uh, but I love it to death, and then I also love to death, um, the first album that uh, Rick did as Rick Derringer after that, Guitars and Women, which is an amazing record as well. And again, pop popular still. But uh, but this live album that he put out um, is, is kind of annoying in that it is 1977 as well, but there's only one song off of Sweet Evil and that's Sitting by the Pool, which is the best song off of Sweet Evil, so that's good. Um, but other than that... Um, a, it's a single live album, and he's trying to kind of encapsulate this short new career. So he's doing it, you know, way too soon, anyways. Um, but he's 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 got um, off of the debut album. He's got "Let Me In," which you just heard, which is just kind of poppy and simple and no big deal. It's a little bit like a "Hang On Sloopy" or a "Louie Louie" again. You know, "Hang On Sloopy" was was Rick and the McCoys. Uh, that was their hit. Um, but there's Sailor from the debut, which is an okay song. Beyond the Universe, which is kind of a trippy, heavy, weird proggy one, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, and other than that, though, we've got um, you know he's essentially sampling from the earlier version of Rick Derringer as a solo band, and yet it's forced into this new Derringer um, concept with uh, um, you know with uh, with Kenny and Danny and and Vinny right? right? Um, But, uh, so you've got Teenage Love Affair, uh, you've got Uncomplicated, Still Alive and Well, and Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. And, and, you know, it's, it's almost my assertion that, that this album exists really just to, just to bring back Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. And to some extent, Still Alive and Well, which are somewhat hits. You know, even these other ones were, were kind of played a little bit. Um, Teenage Love Affair, certainly. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just this hodgepodge album, um, by this band who's like doing it too quick and uh, and you know it's Rick Derringer material mixed with Derringer material but only one song from Sweet Evil so we were never you know as kids when we got this we were never uh, a, a massive fan of this album alright so number two here on episode 86 worst five single live take a listen to this this is Sammy Hager with Bad Motor Scooter
1: If you get lonely
0: All right, so the, the vague dissatisfaction with this one um, is that a uh, couple things. So so it's a gatefold album, and you think, oh, this show so easily could have been a double. It looks really cool. It's got kind of a nice design to it. Um, but um, again, kind of the same thing with Rick Derringer. He's doing uh, this album almost too soon into his solo career. There's only a couple albums. What is it here? Nice I think there's three albums by this point. Might only be two, actually. But anyways... Um, he he's got these songs that are that are just these kind of frumpy Midwest rock songs like Red and Rock and Roll Weekend, um, and Turn Up the Music uh, is not that great. But um, but he's mixing it a little bit with uh, you know his glory days from Montrose. So there's this medley between Make It Last and Reckless, and then he's got Bad Motor Scooter to close it out. But what i don't like on here there's a 9 minute ballad on the song young girls blues certainly no young man's blues which we talked about in uh, the live at leeds who uh, in our uh, episode 84 on uh, what what did we call that again best five single live yeah that's right um and um yeah, so the Long, Young, young Girl Blue, and, and Bad Motor Scooter also is one of these jammy, two long versions. It's a, it's a 704 version. There's piano in it and stuff like that. You know, and and otherwise, it's just, it's an okay live album, but it's not an amazing live album. But again, it's just this chaotic sort of hodgepodge. You know, if you're going to cover two careers, just like the Derringer one, if you're going to cover two careers, you know, it, it probably should be a double live album. But um, And obviously, probably Sammy wanted it to be a double live album, and the label said, no, um, you know we're going to do a single or whatever. All right. Um, so there you go. That's our first two. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. All right. Back again here on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by Pantheon Podcasts. Um, take a listen to this, and we shall discuss. This is Blue Oyster Cult with Godzilla. All right, back. Uh so this uh this Godzilla this version, so um what we're listening to here is um Godzilla Live from Blue Oyster Cult's single live album from 1978 called Some Enchanted Evening. Now, you know, one of the problems with this record is it is following up what's considered a really cool, raw, rock and evil double live album in On Your Feet or On Your Knees, which came in 1975. It was the cap to uh to three studio albums that that kiss thing that was sort of established with the live, right? and um uh and so so it has that problem. It's a single live album following a double live album. It's already half as adequate. Um, but you know it it also has a little bit of that um stadium rock playing in the stadiums, tired band, they're touring all the time. It's got that bloat of of the band, you know, subtly less hungry than they would have been on the first one, which which even gets compounded when you get to Extraterrestrial Live, which they're back to a double live with that one. But, so this is a single live album, and what I don't like about it, Side One, pretty cool, Are You Ready to Rock and ETI, two good songs to do, and it's got astronomy, so you're kind of into a ballad from the old days a little bit. Great song as it is, but Side One only has three songs on it. There's there's the first thing that always ticks me off. Um, side Two, though, um, kick out the jams, you know, on paper, I would have thought, oh yeah, boy, wouldn't that be cool to hear Blue teckel do kick out the jams. It's pretty cool of them to do this, uh, this incendiary cool, uh, MC5 song from, uh, from what would that be, uh, nine years earlier. Um, but, uh, but you know, it is a cover. And then we get Godzilla, which we just played, which is fine. Then we get Don't Fear the Reaper, which I guess had to be on here, but it's not one of my favorite Blue Oyster Cult songs, and it's a mellow song. And then we get a cover of The Animals We Gotta Get Out of This Place. I think it's The Animals, right? I hate that song anyways. I don't care who it is. I, I do not want to hear them doing this song. It, it reminds me of how I've been complaining lately about the Rush feedback EP, of how those are songs that the Rush fans absolutely do not want want to want to hear it's kind of more of an indulgent of what the band grew up on and we got to get out of this place fits that as well so yeah ah, uh, so what do we got here we got seven songs on this thing and two of them are covers so we're left with five originals on this album so that i think constitutes you know and and the crazy thing is it sold like crazy um this was actually a really big album for them so so what do i know right from a business po- standpoint it was a great idea to do this all right Let's move on. Uh, our fourth selection here on History in Five Songs and Martin Popoff, episode 86, Worst Five Single Live. Take a listen to this. This is Alice Cooper with Billion Dollar Babies. Billion. so you know the one thing i want to say about this alice cooper album that i think is pretty cool right off the bat is um i have no complaints with the track listing it's 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 um a lot of songs um there is a medley on it i'm not a big fan of the medleys and there is a little bit of uh, balladeering going on here with you and me i never cry and only women bleed fine Three songs. They're actually mostly pretty good songs by Alice as ballads. So give them credit for that. But you also get Sick Things, Is It My Body, uh, Under My Wheels, 18. This song that we just played, which is one of my favorite Alice songs. Probably my favorite, Billion Dollar Babies. It's either this or Muscle of Love. Um, you also get Devil's Food and Black Widow off of Welcome to My, my Nightmare, which are, are two of the heaviest songs on that and really cool songs. And then you get this I Love the Dead, Go to Hell, Wish You Were Here, um, medley. Um, but, you know, here's the thing about this album. So, so number one, um, you know, the Deep fans are already in a little bit of a stinging situation where it's like, oh, you know, why didn't the band ever do a live album with the classic lineup? Imagine if they would have done a double live album. They were... They were tired and working super hard and stuff. That would have been a a perfect idea to give them a little bit of a break, put out a double live album. It probably would have been a massive record, right? Um, So that's the standard lineup. We've already got Alice. He's moved on to his solo career. So this is this is now with the solo thing, so already you feel a little shortchanged. And I remember at the time, um, this did not get a good reception, this album. Cool album cover too. Uh uh weird album title, the Alice Cooper show, because it goes Warner Bros presents Alice Cooper in the Alice Cooper show. So it's a little complicated, but still not a not a bad uh, not a bad title. Um but I really don't think um there's the same chemistry on this that you get with the uh, with the original band and um i i didn't particularly like uh whitey gland's drumming on this album you, you hear this tick 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 of the ride cymbal and the and the hi-hat and stuff i don't know i he's not grooving that well um so he's there you got practice john on bass uh dick, dick wagner uh deceased moved on uh actually whitey Gland died too um Fred Mandel on keyboard, Steve Hunter on guitars. So you get this, you know, much vaunted Hunter, uh, Hunter Wagner uh lineup on guitars. But I don't know. I don't think the sound's very good on this album. It's a little muddy, it's a little sluggish, and I don't feel that the the chemistry and the energy uh is there out of this uh this particular band, you know, as, as much heralded uh, as they are. So so I'm gonna put that in the disappointment department uh as well. Um would have like I say, would have loved to have a double live Alice Cooper album from the classic lineup where when the band was basically called Alice Cooper, right? Uh, he went and changed his name. Uh, you know, he legally changed his name to Alice Cooper, but the band all along was called Alice Cooper, although granted the lead guy in the band was also called Alice Cooper at the same time. All right, let's move on. Here in History in Five Songs with Martin Popov, episode 86, worst five single live. Take a listen to this. This is Ted Nugent with Heads Will Roll. All right, so this is kind of a funny one. Um, I actually, to prepare for this episode, I went and played this album right through again. Not right through, I mean a little bit of every song again. And I found that it was a little better than I always remembered it. I was always putting down this album. So this is the Ted Nugent Intensities in Ten Cities album. What a great album title. That's probably the greatest title for a live album of all time. Um, But what he did on this record... um, you know, this is 1981. This is right after my favorite run of Ted Nugent albums. My favorite albums by him, we did a Contrarians episode of ours, uh, our YouTube channel, uh, where we, we pick kind of a, a dark horse album when it's our favorite album of all time by a band. And I picked State of Shock as my favorite Ted Nugent album. So this is State of Shock leading into Scream Dream, with which frankly is probably my second favorite Ted Nugent album. And then he puts out this thing. This is before things really go into the crapper with the Nugent album and and all that stuff from the 80s with all the revolving lineups blah 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 not not much of uh, of great consequence there although although his uh, kind of 84 86 you know proto or nascent hair metal sound was kind of cool but um so this should have been amazing so what it is is a um it's a live album but what he did is all the songs are uh new originals um uh, or, or hang on, not completely. There might be, a I think, Land of a Thousand Dances you would call, uh, you would call that a cover on. Here's anything else a cover. Uh, ba ba Land of a Thousand Dances is the cover. And uh, no, everything else is an original and all written by Ted. Um, yeah, every single one gets a lone Ted Nugent credit on it. So, uh, so let's blame him for what we're about to say. So, never like this album. This album should have been amazing on paper. It's, it's Ted playing live in in what I think is his greatest period and uh, and it's really heavy um, but what I don't like about it is, I don't think the songwriting is particularly up to par on these songs. Um, You know, maybe there's something to be said for the fact that he didn't do these studio um, because uh, maybe they, they, you know, under the harsh light of uh, scrutiny, those studio lights, um, when they're on, um, maybe they didn't seem good enough to do that way. So they are kind of B-side-y. But yeah, it's funny. It's a pretty heavy album. Uh, Most of these songs are fast to the point of having like a d beat you know that kind of hardcore you know like quite fast drumming on this record um who do we got here so it's it's still cliff we've got dave kiswini on bass and vocals charlie hewn is the vocalist um so great singer and ted singing as well um but uh but uh, okay so what i what i definitely don't like on here is um I Am a Predator is a, is a terrible song. It's just kind of this dopey, boogie, hard-rocky song. Um, well, the one you heard is actually kind of a boogie rock song, uh, but it's faster and it's a heavy one. It's a little bit like your Wild Cherry or your Honey Hush from Foghat. So that's okay, um, but it is kind of derivative of Boogie roogie. So boogie-woogie. So I Am a Predator, not a great song. Uh, Land of a Thousand Dances I hate that thing I never need to hear that thing again it's almost as bad to me as a uh, Rock and Roll Part 2 Gary Glitter and uh, TNT Overture is, uh, is an instrumental and most of the songs start with just way too much just guitar noodling before they get going the production is not great it's quite raw and quite mid-rangey um, so they didn't, they didn't it sounds like they didn't spend a lot of time trying to make this thing sound particularly good um, but yeah you know I don't know I would say that uh, the likes of I Take No Prisoners is a pretty cool song in here. Jailbait is pretty cool. Very state of shock feel of that one. Um, In fact, it sounds a lot like, I think it is the song State of Shock, um, so maybe that's why you know you couldn't put it on a studio album. My love is like a tire iron is is not bad. That's pretty cool. Spontaneous combustion is heavy and fast. It's okay. Uh, but again, everything on here it just doesn't sound like the uh, the songwriting is totally totally up to par. But I'm not hating this record as much as I was um, as as much as I had over the years. It's a little better than I thought. But yeah, it's a disappointing album. And the last thing I want to say about this album is that. It also has that problem of following up, and not very long ago, in 1978. So it's following up a uh, a great double live album from Ted, uh, Double Live Gonzo. It was very celebrated, very well received. I mean, Intensities and Ten Cities was not well received at all. Like nobody was a fan of that record when it came out. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it definitely. I'm I'm not uh, alone in saying that. But yeah, it's a, it's a hard act to follow when you follow. Uh, a double live album with the single live album, as we just discussed with uh, with some Enchanted Evening. Now, I just wanted to mention a few. It's funny. I almost feel like I have a whole other episode I can do on this, but um, possibly not, because there are a few that fall within the cracks uh, or within the space between uh, our top five single live and our worst five single live that are kind of little here nor there. They got a few things that, that bug me about them. I'll just run through these really fast. It's funny, a, C, d c, if you want blood, a lot of people don't talk about that record very much. I don't remember it making that much of a buzz when it came out, and I almost forget it exists sometimes, so that's one like that. um, certainly, you know, you would never really put it down. my god it's it's the only record we got with Bon Scott, but it is a single live album. uh Max Webster Live Magnetic Air is another record that um it's just kind of here nor there. It's there. Um, it's okay I believe it has one song um, that is not on on one of the studio albums um it's okay. It's not, but it's not great. Um, again, possibly it's also not great because we're frustrated that it's a single live album. Uh, Alcatraz Live Sentence. I always thought, yeah, Alcatraz doesn't need to be doing a live album here, and it's kind of rough and ready and roughshod, and and it's got a few weird things on it. Um, but I don't think it was that particularly well put together. It's almost, it almost feels like even more of an Engve showcase. Than, than the studio albums, uh, or the, the one studio album he was on. So it, it really feels like this is the Angve show when you get to that live album. Um, White Snake Live in the Heart of the City is an interesting one because, you know, the track list of it is actually pretty. Pretty rockin' and headbanging for the catalog that Whitesnake had at the time, which was not that much. It was funky R&B, boogie, a little bit of hard rock, a little bit of balladry. Um, but the weird thing about that one is it was a double live album in the UK, and in Canada we only got a single live album. Um, so it, it was frustrating in that respect and frustrating because we did not really particularly as kids think White Snake was all that great a band because, you know, they weren't really trying to be a heavy metal band and, and that comes through on here. Mahogany Rush Live is another one that bothers me because, uh, it's got I'm a King beyond on there. Uh, excerpt from Backdoor Man, it's got Johnny Be Good, Purple Haze, Um uh, it's got an excerpt from "Who Do You Love." Like, stop it, Frank. I just, I mean, I just want to hear. You know, he's already considered this. Um, you know, is he the incarnation of Jimi Hendrix, right? And Frank and Robin Trower are sort of in the in the same camp. Um, but, um, but no, he he. The, there was this played up thing about that. Long story. Don't need to go into that. But. Really, what I would have wanted to hear on this album, especially when it's just a single like this, is I, w- I want no covers whatsoever. I-, I never want any covers on a live album. I just want to hear, you know, my favorite Frank Marino songs. That- that's what would have been made that good. A um, couple others that I think are actually pretty good, these probably lean towards the area where I could have actually put them in the um, top five single live, would be the likes of um, The Runaways' Live in Japan album and the Tease Tour of Japan album. Uh, they're both pretty heavy, pretty rockin', and they both do that thing where, um, you know, it's somewhat of a, a of an uptick in uh, excitement and recording quality over the studio things. That's that's kind of one thing you want to have happen out of a live album, right? Um, but yeah, frustrating that they're both single live albums, but granted, these are not bands with, with a huge Cadillac. Tease is, is literally um, working off of, Uh, yeah two studio albums and so is the runaways they're both working off of two studio albums to put out these single live albums both uh, from japan all right so there you go yeah so so that would have made a funny episode wouldn't it you know kind of like uh these are like middle of the road live albums or whatever Loving, I gotta say, I'm loving all the ideas that are coming through on the, uh, on the Facebook page. It's just, it's a hive of activity there. There's a lot of great stuff brought up all the time. And, and some of those, I, I swear, will turn into ideas at some point. But uh, so yeah, hang tight on that. But yeah, really appreciating that. Um, also, of course, if you want to support the show, um, uh, I, I, I really appreciate the support. Like When I put up a new episode, I put up the, the Ko-Fi bag uh, on the two Facebook pages. Actually, the third one, my my regular uh, public person page as well. Um. But thank you for the support over there. It's cool to to know that this turns into kind of like uh, like an hourly wage each time I do one of these, which is sort of uh, at the level we're at. So yeah, you can go to uh, kofi uh, uh, kofi uh, dot com slash Martin Popoff. Hit the red support button. They have a standard thing where it's like three bucks. You can buy me a pint or beer. You can double it. You can triple it. Whatever. Um, but yeah, I totally appreciate um any anything uh, anybody does over there. On that front, uh, for this week. I want to thank uh, Blaise Barshaw, uh, Joe Beck at Bel Air Expediting for all your moving around stuff needs in Michigan, Um, Bruce Campbell, uh, David Fisher, Jeremy French, Jamie Laszlo, Kevin Latham, Jason Leonard, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, who right now is in the middle of uh, copy editing my Nazareth book for me. Thank you, Augustin. Um, Scott Ray. And uh, my buddy Deke, Derek Williamson. I just went on his and Michael's and Eric's uh, show uh, called The LeBrain Train uh, last night, YouTube show. And we we went through our top five favorite King's X albums. Uh, So that was cool. Um, And uh, I also want to thank Robert Yates as well. So there you go. Thank you all uh, for supporting the show. And uh, you can go to martinpopoff.com for books um, anything there with a PayPal button I still have in stock pretty excited end of next week I should be getting uh, Rebel Rouser a sweet user manual uh, the Uri Heap should be more or less finished pretty soon and I've got this really exciting uh, thing called uh, Flaming Telepaths Imaginos Expanded and Specified which is a really weird freaky occulty, uh, non-music book pretty much um, about uh, really filling in the gaps on the whole Imaginos story and I've I've done 38 illustrations to go with it. Um, It's going to be a a cool thing. Um, Kind of a nice design to it, too. You'll like it. Um, But anyways, um, there you go. Uh, So signing off here uh, for History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Go play some of these crappy live albums and, uh, you know, come over to the Facebook page and uh, let me know if I'm wrong. Thanks again. Find all of our shows, notes, social and links
1: at www.com. Antheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The r We are on Instagram at R&R Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology.